Hi everyone and welcome to Trading for Life and Dreams. I'm Dan, here with my father, David Jackson. We are continuing to look at Psalms. We're looking at Psalm 71 today. I'm going to hand over straight away for Dad to read the psalm for us. Psalm 71. In you, Yahweh, I seek refuge. Let me not be ashamed forever. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Turn your ear to me and save me. Be to me a lofty lair where I can come continually. Give the order to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. My God, deliver me from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of those who do wrong and are ruthless. For you're my hope, my Lord Yahweh, my secure place from my youth. On you I've relied from the womb of my mother. You're the one who cut my umbilical cord. I praise you continually. I've become like a miracle to many, and you're my strong shelter. My mouth is filled with your praise, with your splendor, all day long. Don't cast me off during the time of old age, as if to finish my strength. Don't abandon me. For my enemies say things about me, and they are watching over my life. They consult together, saying, God abandoned him. Go after him and seize him, because there's no deliverer. God, don't be distant from me, my God, my helper. Hurry. Let them be ashamed and finished, the adversaries of my life. Let them wrap themselves in reproach and disgrace, who seek my damage. I will continually wait, and keep doing according to all your praises. My mouth will recount your righteousness all day long, your salvation, because I don't know how many. I come by the mighty deeds of my Lord Yahweh, I remember your righteousness, yours alone. God, you taught me from my youth, even until now. I'll declare your wonderful deeds, even until old age and grey hair. God, don't abandon me until I declare your strength to each generation that comes, your mighty works, your righteousness, God, to the heights, the great things that you do. God, who's like you? The things that you show me, you turn back many distresses and damages. You preserve me. Even from the depths of the earth, you turn back and bring me up. Increase my dignity and surround me. You comfort me. Also, I'll praise you with instruments, with a harp. Your reliability, my God, I'll make music to you with lyre. Holy One of Israel, my lips will sing out when I make music to you, and my life which you ransomed. Also, all day long, my tongue will mull over your righteousness. For those who seek my damage are ashamed, because they are humiliated. Well, Dad, we're coming to the end of David's life here in this psalm. Uh, it doesn't say it's a psalm of David, but it very much resembles his life, and got plenty yeah. of things in there to hint to us that it's him. I think it's really cool how this psalm starts off, right? And it's talking about, you know, God is his refuge and all that kind of stuff. But he also talks about, you know, the life that he's had and how it's an inspiration for others. And it still is very much today the case where people look back at David, at his life, at his faithfulness, at least for the first half yeah. of his life. <laughs> right? We still yeah. tell the story of David and his rise to fame, how he escaped Saul, how he came up to become yep. the king that, you know, was after God's own heart. Uh, and so th this, he's really capturing that at the beginning here in this psalm. Mm. He does. And it's... This is, I picture this as the song of David's retirement, <laughs> except that he didn't retire. He just grew old and died. Uh, but uh, the more I, I mean, I'm 72 and I'm reading this song and I'm going, yeah, that about sums it up. 
um, as you look around and you look at the elderly people in our culture, let alone in our churches, and then you look at David's experience. So one of the things we learn to do with Psalms is that they set up uh, what I call patterns. Um, theologians call them types. Hmm. So you have this set of experience that forms a pattern and lots of other people, their their ex- life experience form fills into that pattern and each one is different but it's sort of the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you get to Jesus, uh, he fulfills the pattern and then when you come over to you and me, we're part of that same story. Um, Jesus didn't get old. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, but you, you look at this this particular song, and David is reflecting on "You are my God, you cut my umbilical cord." I love that line. You know, you, my whole life is planned. You've been my God from the start. You know, you've never abandoned me, uh, and now I'm old, and I've got all these issues. And so he's singing those issues to God, um, and it's the so- kind of song that. I think every retiree who knows the Lord could join in. <laughs> you know, imagine this old people's choir in four-part harmony, uh, <laughs> uh, singing about this stuff. But it's really important because it re. When you, when you get into some of these sort of conflicting emotions, um, to resolve them in a godly way, uh, and keep them in tune with God's how God feels about that stage of life, um, the song teaches you to get your head on straight and get your heart on straight. And so David is, yeah, um, let me not be ashamed forever. is <laughs> 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 the second, second line, you know. Um, but he, he goes over, he looks at uh, his life experience and God's faithfulness, but he's still calling on God to deliver him from the wicked. Uh, yeah, he does talk a lot about, you know, as he's getting older, he wants God to stay with him, to not ditch him in his old age, to, you know, uh, he's king, and so he's got all the dramas of yeah. being an old king and other people who want to come up into power who are underneath yeah. him. Uh, so how does that impact what's going on in this psalm, Dad, as we as we continue to go through with this old man? Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, he, you know, don't cast me off during the time of my old age, verse 9. Um, as if to finish my strength. And so you've got this this great warrior, this war hero, uh, and now you imagine David walking around with a walker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, there, there's a, sh- a sense of physical shame that comes with old age and your body falling apart. Um, and in that process, looking back on the dignity of his past history particularly and going, you know, I... This is not where I want to be. <laughs> you know, the more the days when you get up and say, when do I get my new body? Mm. Um, so there, there's that element of the song. Uh, but there's also this time of sitting there and reflecting and going, the memories of the things that God has done for me, um, the events, the stories, will they be forgotten? Uh Will people forget all the the amazing things that God did, the lessons that he taught? Uh, So it's not only, you know, rescue my physical ailments, rescue my social dignity, um, but what are we going to do with all these stories of what you've done? Um, Yeah, well, he's going to talk about, you know, he's going to continually tell these stories from generation to generation. And, yeah, it's one of the things I think that these days we neglect 
within the church, particularly in the West, is that we we see the old people, they get older, and then we're like, well, now they're old, and we focus <laughs> on the other, like the next generation or the, whatever it is, but we forget to sit at the feet of the elderly and learn from them, from their stories, from, you know, you. we always get excited about, you know, the teenager who has this testimony about how God's changed their life or whatever, but you forget to go back to the, the old people, the, the number of times that God's changed their life yeah, uh, and the things that they've seen, the number of times that they've seen, you know, God working and changing other people's lives and then being yeah. used as a tool. You know, there's a lot of blessing that you get when you sit at the feet of the elderly and listen to their wisdom. Yeah, and I think we've, in our Western culture, we've totally lost that. Um, you know, grandpa's telling stories is boring. Mm. Um, you know, we've heard that story three times, you know, <laughs> that's, that's old people's mistakes, but there's nobody there wants to listen. Mm. Um, and you, I, I look at indigenous culture, for example, where the elders take the children and the young people and tell the stories and through telling the stories, they pass on the skills uh, and the wisdom. And David has done that by writing all these songs. So he teaches the next generation the songs, and we teach these to the next generation. And God said back in Deuteronomy, teach these things to subsequent generations. We're not doing that. No. Um, we run Bible studies that are, I think, more like just a social gathering um, than actually learning much, but we don't value the the wisdom and the knowledge that comes with experience so yes i mean how many times have i listened to a 20, an 18 year old or a 20 year old give their testimony <laughs> and i'm sitting here at 72 going yeah i remember being in a youth group of 120 people 20 of them are still believers mm. um go talk to the people who persevered yeah go talk to the people who learned from their mistakes um talk to so for example you know it, it fascinates me when you go to a counselor most counsellors are into counselling because their lives went down the toilet. Hmm. So, you know, I had a, a bad experience and now I can understand other people with bad experiences. I don't go to them for marriage counselling. You know, I had a bit of divorce, I was domestic violence, all this stuff. Hmm. I want to learn how to get marriage right, not to sit around and feel warm, fuzzy with people who had a disaster. I want to go and find, and as a young man, that's what I did. I went and found older people, godly men, who had good marriages, good families, disciplined their kids well, and I wanted to go and learn from them. And I made a pest of myself by visiting them. <laughs> you know, you just turn up on their door and say, hi, can I have a cup yeah, of tea? And that element too of, you know, being mentored and that... I don't know what else, well, the words are I use, like the, the apprentice model, right? The tr people training you for life that's going to be re a redeemed life. Yeah. Right. That's something that you, know, you want, you want the younger married people to go to the married couples who have gone through all the hard stuff and are still together. Yeah. To, and you know, pretty much any, any old couple who is still together has gone through hard stuff. <laughs> and that's just a, that's just a given, but you don't don't look yeah. at the old couple who are still together and think, oh, they've been cute, they must have loved each other, it's been yeah. bliss their entire time. No, no way. They probably would nearly divorce six times throughout that. <laughs> oh, it's, it's They've done life together, and it's we're missing that sense of the younger generation 
going and looking for the older generation to learn from and to get that wisdom and to learn from the people who have been yeah. successful so in things. It, it, it's impacting me strongly at the minute. I've been reading Titus, mm. and you read the Psalms similarly, and in the Psalms, we are God's forever family. Um, so in the New Testament epistles, the writers are addressing other believers as um, children of God. They are God's children. But John writes, my dear children, mm. you know. Um, when you go through that and you realise this is how it works, it's elders and children hanging out together. And when I walk into an evangelical church, any evangelical church, we send the children out, we have church for the adults, hmm. the old people sit where the old people sat, but they, the music is not theirs, the culture is not theirs. We're aiming for the median group of people. Um, and the message to old people, even, you know, retired ministers and whatever, whatever you've done, is very much, um, thanks for coming. We're glad you're here. Um, leave us your money when you die. Uh, you yeah. sort of have that feeling that we're looking to the middle of the young culture and pushing those people aside. And David feels that. Um, here he is, the king of Israel, and they're treating the king of Israel like that. You know, you know off, off you go to your retirement home, Grandpa. Um, you know, put your feet up, you know, learn to knit or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but leave us alone uh, because we're with it, we're cool, we know that, you know, we're out there doing stuff. And you go, there's a treasure that just got lost. Hmm. Um, so David is, I just love the way he talks about um God taught me from my youth even till now. I will declare your wonderful deeds even till old age and grey hair. Um, to each generation that comes, your mighty works, your righteousness to the heights, all the great things that you do. Um, he's got stories to tell. Uh, and I, I look at that and I think, yeah. Um, and then his next comment is increase my dignity. <laughs> you know, how do you... Where's your dignity when you walk into church with a, a walker? You know, um, and I look at those people and I think, wow. We had a guy. I'll, t I'll tell stories. I'm old. Yeah, good. I'll get tell away. Your I'll get away with it. <laughs> we went to. A, we were at a Baptist church here, and there was an old fellow used to come in. He was white haired, and sort of shriveled up and a bit unstable on his pins. And his grandchildren were students at our school, so I got they in told me, oh, Grandpa goes to your church. Let's go and say hello to Grandpa. So we went and said hello to Grandpa. And we got to know him. And eventually I got a copy of his, he'd written up his life story. So here's a guy who's born of missionary parents in Shanghai in China in the 1900s. This is some time ago. So he grows up in China. Um, he goes to medical school in China, so he gets a degree in medicine from a Chinese university, speaking fluent Mandarin. His parents are missionaries, so there's a church and they're doing all this missionary work, Hudson Taylor Extension. Hmm. Um, and then in come the Japanese during World War II. He's a prisoner of war, but he's also a Russian citizen. So he's got German or Swiss and Russian parents. So he's neutral. So he's he's out of the picture, sort of thing. Um, and 
anyway, all of these stories of how they survive the Japanese occupation uh, as Christians when they're beheading, Japanese are beheading people and slaughtering Shanghai, survives all of that. Um, and then the stories of how they've come back to Australia and made a new life and met his wife in Australia in a migrant hostel in Manly. And you go through that and you, the wisdom of God's people doing God's work in a stinking world mm. and the dignity of a man who's done all of that uh, and been faithful to his wife and raised his family. And you go, this is a man worth knowing and greeting when you come into church. Um, and so many fellows like that that we've bumped into over the years, I don't think our kids meet those people. I don't think our youth group meets those people. They don't even come to church with them. Hmm. They go at night. So they don't meet this. We, we aren't family. There are no grandpas and uncles. And David's saying, increase my dignity, while everybody else is saying, um, you know, you should go to the 8 o'clock service because yeah. you're old and they'll sing your songs. How do we change that culture? Um, my lips will sing out when I make music to you. Well, when you get old, you don't because the music changed. Mm. Um, and so you see the old, old people standing there going, it's too loud and I don't know the songs and, you know. David's having that experience. For those who seek my damage or shame because they're humiliated, this shame, respect, value, stories, God's wonders that he's done, you've got to learn this. You've got to know what he did for me. Hmm. Um, it's just spilling out of him in this song. And so I think this is the song for retirees who know the Lord and have survived. Um, and it's his last song in this book. It's actually, I think, his last song is effectively in the Psalms. The next one is by Solomon, his son's song, as he hands the kingdom on. And then the last line is, the prayers of David are ended. Hmm. And so... We've told the story from Psalm 1 to Psalm 71. Well, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you hit the subscribe button. If you want to grab the study notes and go deeper with this, please head to trainforliferedeem.com slash 133. Yeah, good. Yeah, we're doing good. <laughs> we are doing good. 133. Got to remember those numbers. It's getting too big. Uh, and, yeah, if you... A retiree, go go and read that. And if you're younger, read it and learn how to uh, <laughs> learn from the older, from the, those older than you yeah. and more wise. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for this ep week. We'll chat to you again next week with our last um, for this process. This yeah, mm -hmm. Psalm 72 next week.